If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, we're looking at verses 25 through 38. The Hallelujah Chorus expressing the, the conclusion to Handel's Messiah, which sort of speaks about uh, the accomplishments of Jesus. Uh, but let's read uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 38. We'll be looking at these verses this morning. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Well, Christmas is finally here. How many have been waiting and hoping for this day? Uh, kids, have you been counting down the days through the month of December, looking forward to receiving presents or seeing friends and family who are visiting? I think many of us adults have been looking forward to Christmas too. Uh, among other things, it's the end of all the preparations. Right? We're done buying gifts, delivering gifts, writing cards, mailing cards, cleaning house, cooking food, and now we can finally sit back and relax. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but what is it? What is it that makes Christmas really worth waiting for? I mean, is it just getting stuff? Eating food, a lot of food, receiving presents, or is it being with people, being with friends and family? That's certainly valuable. Or is it something bigger? Do we in this season hope that somehow love and peace will prevail in our fractured and frenzied world? You know, I think Christmas is one of the few days of the year that you can go anywhere in Connecticut and the world seems to be at rest. You can go to the busiest, shopping district, you can drive I-84, and you probably won't have somebody going 100 miles an hour weaving in and out of traffic. <laughs> the world for one day seems to be, seems to taste a little bit of peace. 
But of course, the rest and peace of the holiday doesn't last forever, to be sure. Some of it carries over through the next week. And then the day after New Year's, the world goes on much as it did before. So what is it that we look forward to at Christmas? Is it just something temporary and fleeting, something that will come and go? Or are the longings and hopes that we experience in this season for family, friendship, for light and peace, for joy and beauty, are we really longing for something that will last, something that will stay with us and not leave us? In the passage we read from the Gospel of Luke, we see two people who had been waiting for a very long time for what we celebrate at Christmas. Until this moment, Simeon and Anna had spent their whole lives waiting, hoping, anticipating. Verse 25 says Simeon was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Verse 37 describes Anna. She didn't depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer, night and day. The practice of fasting, that is going without food for a period of time in order to uh, spend time in focused prayer was an expression of longing, of hoping, literally hungry for the world to be put right, for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done. Verse 38 says, Anna and Simeon were among those who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem, praying for the day when those who were mourning would be comforted, hoping for the day when God would come as he had promised long ago. But by this time in the story, Simeon and Anna were quite old. Luke doesn't tell us Simeon's age, but verse 26 tells us the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he would, had seen the Lord's Christ or the Messiah. And Anna, according to verse 36, uh, was 84 years old. Uh, she lived as a widow until she was 84. In fact, that verse could also be translated she had lived as a widow for 84 years, which would mean she was over 100. Either way, she had lived quite a long time in this world. She had seen a lot, and she was still waiting. But this morning we see that in the child whose birth we celebrate at Christmas, Simeon and Anna finally found what they had been waiting for, and hoping for, and looking for their whole lives. So I want to look very simply at what did Simeon find in the Christ child? What did Anna find? Christ child, and as we see what they found, we'll see what we can find this Christmas. What did Simeon find? Simeon found rest. If you look at verses uh, 29 to 32, sometimes called Simeon's song because it's poetic, that's right at the heart of this passage. And in fact, the Gospel of Luke begins with four songs. If you look at chapters 1 and 2 of the Gospel of Luke, you'll see uh, Mary's song of praise. You'll see Zachariah's song of uh, uh, hope, really. You'll see the angel's song, a short one in verse 14 of chapter 2, about singing glory to God. And then finally, Simeon's song. And these four songs introduce the coming of Jesus. And they sort of each focus on a different aspect of what Jesus brings. But Simeon's song focuses on how Jesus brings peace, how he found rest. 
Now, in order to understand Simeon's song, I want you to imagine a security guard working the overnight shift. In the ancient world, a city would often have a night watchman, or a rotation of such, whose job it was to patrol the city walls and watch out for potential threats. And through the whole long night, the watchman would pace back and forth, perhaps walk around the wall of the city, go from one lookout to the next, if you're doing this all night, sometimes you're yawning and trying to stay awake, sometimes shivering and trying to keep warm, but all the while waiting for the time when the sky would begin to brighten and finally the sun would appear over the horizon and flood the city with light. And then he could report to his boss and say, my job is done. The city, the, the, the morning has come. Now I can go to bed in peace. And that's how Simeon's song begins. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Simeon's like the night watchman who's been pacing around the walls, who's been praying and waiting and hoping and looking for the light of the world to come. And now he sees Jesus. He sees the baby Jesus and he says, now the light has come. And now my job is done. I can go in peace. Simeon talks to God as if he's talking to a boss. He addresses God as Lord, but he also talks to God as someone who he can trust, someone in whose love he's confident. He says, Lord, you're letting me depart. You're releasing me from the duty that you've laid upon me just as you said you would. My eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the nations, to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Now, Simeon was most likely thinking of some words that Isaiah, the prophet, had spoken hundreds of years ago. So Isaiah 52, verses 8 through 10, uh, gives again this image of the watchmen on the walls. It says, the voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Isaiah was prophesying about a day to come. And Simeon, when he saw Jesus, he said that day that Isaiah was looking for. When the watchman would shout for joy and sing knowing that the Lord has come for us. Now that day is here. And God is bringing his light and his salvation, not just to the people of Israel, but to the whole world. You see, Simeon says, my job is now done because Jesus has come to do what I could never do. He's come to shine the light on the world. I could only wait and hope and look and pray for the light to come. And try to warn the people against any dangers that arose in the meantime. But Simeon points to Jesus and says, he's going to accomplish what none of us ever could. He's the Redeemer. When Simeon saw the child Jesus, he took him into his arms and he found rest. Now Simeon wasn't turning a blind eye to the pain and the tears and the anguish of the world, he knew that Jesus and his followers would face opposition. In fact, he talked about that in verses 34 and 35 in his words to Mary. 
But Simeon had found rest because he knew that no matter how long the road would be, he knew that God was in charge. He knew that God's plans are good and that in sending Jesus Christ, God had done what he said he would and he would accomplish what he said he would do. So let me ask, have you found the rest that Simeon found? You know, many of us can be very motivated, very, very driven, very task-oriented, and, and we might be able to get a lot done because we're, we're driven people. And we're always staying active. But the question Simeon would ask us is, have you found the peace that Jesus came to bring? The peace of knowing that our worth is not dependent on our accomplishments. And that our status before God is not a function of what, we achieved, but what we've achieved. But that Jesus has done what only he could do not only in coming into the world, but in dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. In doing what only he could do to make us right with God. Long ago, Timothy Dwight wrote, Christ is the only, the true, the living way of access to God. Give up yourselves to him, therefore, and the great work of life is done. Uh, recently, I received a Christmas letter from a friend who's an entrepreneur. He does executive coaching with business leaders. But this is how he concluded his letter. He said, in business as well as in life, we're often tempted to wrap up our identity in the things we accomplish. When things are going well, we ride high. When they're not, we can be mired in a sense of failure. But Jesus, whose birth we celebrate this month, offers an incredible countercultural message to the world. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. So that's what Simeon found in the child Jesus. He found rest and peace. But now look at Anna, verse 36 to 38. What did Anna find in Jesus? Anna found energy. <laughs> Notice in verse 38 how the news of the child affected her. <clears throat> Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him Amen. to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna didn't sit back and say, now my work is done. <laughs> she said, now my work is just, I have a new opportunity. My work has just begun. She got a new lease on life at the age of 84. And notice it says she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him, which means she didn't just do it once. She kept on doing it. For Simeon, the coming of Christ made him ready to die in peace. But for Anna, the coming of Christ made her ready to live with energy and joy and praise. Now some of us might feel like we've found what Simeon found, peace and rest in Jesus. Maybe you feel like you need what, what Anna found, that energy and joy to live with praise from day to day. All of us over the course of our lives face trials, limitations, whether it's physical limitations or whether it's 
memory loss, or whether it's disappointments, feeling disregarded or unwanted. Let me encourage you, the Holy Spirit who gave Anna energy is still active and alive. In Luke chapter 1, verse 44, the Holy Spirit was active in John the Baptist before he was even born. And here the Holy Spirit was active in Anna at the age of 84 years old. You see, there's no age limitation for the Holy Spirit to be enlivening us and giving us energy and purpose and joy in our lives. So let me encourage you. Seek that energizing power of the Holy Spirit to keep you going from day to day. And keep on giving thanks to God like Anna did and speaking of Jesus to anyone who will listen. Perhaps like Anna, you might be living on your own. Anna was married for seven years, and then she was a widow for the rest of her life. Now, Anna lived in a culture that even far more than ours revolved around marriage and family and children. She lived in a society where widows were particularly vulnerable, economically and, and otherwise. We don't know all the reasons, but for whatever reason, uh, perhaps she couldn't find a suitable spouse, or perhaps she uh, chose to... Uh, for whatever reason, take off. she took a harder road, a lonelier road. Anna knew what it was like to spend holidays without a spouse, without her children. She knew what it was like to go to bed alone every night. She knew what it was like to have lost someone very dear to her. And perhaps you're wrestling with one or more of those things, some kind of loss, loneliness or longing. But in all that, Anna devoted herself to God. It says she didn't depart from the temple. Now, that doesn't mean she literally camped out 24 hours a day in the temple. That simply would, have been, would not have been feasible. But what it meant was she spent a significant amount of time being actively engaged in the community of faith, gathering with others, praying with others, hearing the scriptures, singing the songs, eating meals with others. She, active, she didn't isolate herself, but she was actively engaged with the people of God. So let me encourage you to, whatever your life situation, stay engaged like Anna was with God's people. Don't isolate yourself. If you have neither spouse nor children, if you do live alone, there are challenges to that, but one of the great spiritual opportunities that comes with living on your own is that you can spend long periods of uninterrupted time in prayer, which is harder for those of us with spouses or children to do. You see, the road of singleness or widowhood or of whatever form it might take, loss and loneliness and longing that comes in different shapes and forms. It's not an easy road to walk. It's not always a path that we would choose if we're simply up to us. But like Anna, the Spirit of God can energize us to walk along that path. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself accompanies us because he walked that path himself. When Jesus came into the world, he was born in a manger. And when his life ended, it ended on a cross. 
You see, Jesus endured rejection so that we could be accepted and forgiven by God. Jesus was made poor so that we could become eternally rich. He was forsaken so that we would be forgiven. And he died so that we might live. And in seeing the Christ child, Anna found energy. Energy through which she could live. And Simeon found peace through which he could die. And you know, isn't that all we really need when it comes down to it? To be able to die in peace, to be able to live with energy and hope. Isn't that what we hope and long for in this holiday season? Isn't that what we try to grasp onto in the form of beautiful music and satisfying food and thoughtful presents and the comforts of home? But those things don't last forever. We're always left deep down wanting more or trying to soothe and silence the aching longing deep in our soul. But this Christmas, take Jesus as Simeon and Anna did. Rest in him. Find in him the peace in which you can die and the energy through which you can live. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for these two faithful people who spent so much of their lives waiting and hoping for what you had promised. Lord, help us to bring our longings, our hopes, our desires <coughs> to you, and to find you to be the fulfillment of all that we truly need and all that we truly desire, and all that we were made for and meant to live for. We pray that we would go from here with the peace that Simeon found and with the energy that Anna found through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat>